All right, everybody. Hello and welcome back to the 306 Fantasy Football Podcast. Uh, we're here uh, recording episode number 74 for our Wednesday, December 28th drop. And it is week 17 championship weekend. Uh, so if you are listening to this and you are lucky enough to get yourself in there, this is going to be a real big week for you. If you're just listening for the sake of listening and getting some uh, some gambling picks at the end or whatever, if you're just listening for something to listen to in the drive, well, thanks for stopping in. But it's championship week, everybody. And uh, this is this is the main reason why we play some fantasy football. But uh, before we get started there, we'll we'll pop in and see how, uh, see how everybody's doing. And then we'll get into some of the content. But uh, right now, it's just Zach and I firing up the pod as we speak right now. Armin is tied up with some family stuff. He was going to try and jump on uh, possibly later on the podcast. But it might just be uh, Zach and I throughout the uh, episode number 74 here. But regardless, we'll check in with Zach and then we'll get things going. So Zach, Christmas break's been going strong. Weather's starting to get a little bit warmer. Uh, how how's the Christmas break treating you so far? You know, it's it's been busy. Today was the first day for for me and my wife that we both felt like, uh, you know, it's kind of just like a break. Um, because we got off a little bit later than you folks did. In yeah, you guys we got were off Thursday, the, right? Yeah, so the twenty second was our last day. So twenty third, we had Christmas stuff with uh, friends and family, and then. Obviously, the 24th with the family, 25th with the family, and then yesterday, some some other family. So today was today was the first day that we kind of just took it easy, and we still we still saw friends, but uh, not uh, in the Christmas sense. So that was nice. And I don't know about you guys in PA, but the weather's been absolutely bonkers here in Saskatoon. Uh, woke up Christmas Day to, like, just some real thick, heavy snow. Um made made the drive uh, a couple of blocks over to my parents so it was real interesting in the morning yeah we we're the same it was a bunch of snow on christmas day and like blistering cold leading up to it and then like kind of like not super cold the days to follow but it just hasn't been great weather today was actually kind of nice but it's still a bit on the windy side making the roads nice and slippery as you can imagine but um we need well talking about rest we got Tomorrow is my one day off. I'm going to take my day off, I guess. Like I, we were talking about before we started recording there, Zach, we're doing some rentals throughout the house. And I'm just about f- finished doing all the flooring. So I'm going to take an, a special earned day off tomorrow and sit on the couch and watch some TV. And and then uh, my wife's got her friend missed tomorrow. So she's got some friends coming over to the house. So I don't know how much relaxed I'll be getting done because I'll have to clean up the house <laughs> from, from the renovations to make sure it's somewhat respectable for company. But yeah, it's been... It's funny because, you know, you need, you know, it's everybody says you need the holiday to recuperate from your holiday. And I think that's kind of uh, what Chris has been the last couple of years, because for for a lot of us who weren't able to see family and friends during the break, they're just with everything going on. So kind of catch, catch up our lost time and try and pack as much as you can into the short couple of weeks, but making sure we can still sneak some football in there. Um, Christmas Day or Christmas Eve, we had a full slate of football. And then Christmas Day, we had three games. And then obviously the Monday night or yesterday, um going into championship week zach do you still have any teams going yeah in uh in armin's keeper league there i uh by the grace of cam Akers himself i uh pulled pulled ahead of uh the other team that i was up against and uh snuck in there um up until last night i was doing pretty well in the big money league that i play in but uh Came down to Derwin James and Austin Eckler 
Uh, I had Derwin James and I had a five point lead. And I thought like, there's a chance. And then, uh, too bad you don't get Derwin points James, for ejections, eh? No, too bad. <laughs> Could have went for like a dozen there and that would have been enough to seal the deal. So oh, man. I, I couldn't watch the game. I was too nervous. So we, we just, <laughs> my wife and I watched some Disney plus and, Checked in halfway through the movie and ah, son of a gun, got DQ'd. <laughs> I had, uh, I talked about in the pod last week, my, I had two teams and my, my main league, the, the league that we're both in there, I snuck in, but it, like you said, that Cam Akers, oh, that maybe sweats. Like I had, I think a 46 point lead. I, and the super thing was I had Tua and I had Hill playing on the second game on that Sunday slate and they gave me like 11 points. So it gave me like, Whatever. I didn't, didn't think I was going to have to worry about it. It's like, whatever, Tua's week sucked. It is what it is. Hill, you know, ho-hum, nothing spectacular. But 46 points, that's a lot of points. Or 44 points, whatever it was. And then, oh, just Cam makers, Cam makers, Cam makers. I started sweating. We were sitting at my wife's family's place there for Christmas. And I was, like, staring at the TV, just completely silent, sweating. It's like, this is just not what we need. We might have to turn the TV off like this. This just sucks. And then, thank God, they were getting blown out so bad that uh, that the uh, Rams just mailed it in and put the secondary team in to finish it off because that was, that was the worst. Um, and then in the other one where, like we talked about the last couple of weeks, where it's just a team that I co-manage and just had no business being in the playoffs, let alone winning the first round, we were in a nail biter and we talked about it in our group chat there. Who do we start David and Joku or do we start um, uh, Chuba Hubbard? And we hit the consensus that, you know, the run defense for the Lions has been so elite that we are going to bench Chuba and play and Joku and hope for some checkdowns in the windy game. And boy, was that a wrong decision? Cause that was a swing of 11 <laughs> points Chuba, I think had 76 rushing yards on the first three attempts, but uh, so that was 11 points that hung over my head all week. And I was like, if we lose this matchup by less than 11 points, I'm going to freaking snap. And to put things in perspective, like uh, over 150 is like a really, really, really good week in our, in our dynasty league. And like over 200 is elite. Uh, I think only one team and this team that played it, we got 206 uh, earlier this year. And that was like, holy crap. Like that's an unbelievable score. When we won the championship in the same league, uh, Bordon and I got uh, 214 in the final. So it was like, we, we went off. Um, we put up 186.2 points and that's with Njoku's three points and with Josh Palmer's three points. Like we had a great week and somehow still lost. The guy put up 216.6 points. Like his team was Patrick Mahomes, 30 points. Dak Prescott, 30 points. Saquon Barkley, 26 points. Austin Eckler, 24 points. Leonard Fournette, 23 points. Derrick Henry, 20. Chris McCaffrey, 14. Devontae Adams helped us out by only getting three. Pittman helped us out by only getting six. And then Devonta Smith, 30. And Pat Fryermuth, 15. Like, his team is so freaking good. We gave it a run, but uh, Cinderella's story came up a bit short. But um, still in the championship in one week. And that's the one where I really, like, I've primed my team up on this rebuild the last couple of years to get things going. I'm trying to get the back-to-back, but playing playing Drew and, you know, Bulletproof uh, fantasy football there, it's going to be a tough matchup, one of those ones where I'm going to be sweating it out all the way through the Monday Nighter because the Monday Nighter, I think, is setting up for a fantasy championship matchup for a lot of people. If you're not aware at home, it's going to be Buffalo versus Cincinnati. So a lot of fantasy championships are going to come down the wire to that Monday Nighter. But 
we'll we'll get things going here enough about us i suppose i mean you talked about our own fantasy stuff here for the last five minutes but we'll get things going with our 22 fresh quick question of the week and we're going to get this one kind of in the christmas spirit and a little bit of a recap of the fantasy season so zach came up with this one and uh and i liked it a lot we put it into the uh into the docket here so like a bad holiday gift so i'm not all the christmas gifts we get are are our home runs here so like a bad holiday gift which player are you returning based on the performance they've put out this fantasy season and uh, it's your question zach so we'll let you go first <laughs> thanks um so yeah all these answers that we came up with are, are really good but uh, my answer was Najee harris uh in or uh, rather according to fantasy pros he was drafted as rb6 on the year uh, player eight overall in half point leagues. And to this point, he is RB 15 on the season player 56 overall. So uh, still a serviceable player that you're likely starting most weeks, but nowhere close to what you were expecting and nowhere close to what I was expecting. Um, I thought he was primed for a, a big year. Um, I thought having a rookie quarterback in Pittsburgh with Pickett might necessitate some uh, checkdowns and getting the ball into his hand quickly. Uh, but that, while that has happened, that hasn't happened to the tune that it did last year. So his production has certainly not met the uh, potential that people were drafting for. Yeah, he very, very frustrating. I dealt him on the, on the cheap side of my dynasty league just to try and put together a feasible lineup. And obviously Derrick Henry is substantially better than Najee this season, but the the age into that equation, there was Najee and I think it was Judy for for Henry and I think maybe it was a draft pick or something like that. But I bailed, I bailed early because it was it wasn't looking great and and it didn't get much better. But obviously, dynasty perspective has got a little bit different uh, different to it than than the redraft. But uh, definitely agree with you on that one. Um, Armin's here. He talked about Jonathan Taylor uh, for most leagues. He was either the one hundred one or the one hundred two. And in that position, you're expecting, you know, league-winning performances. Uh, obviously, if you're your ADP, the best fantasy football player uh, being drafted, and uh, you got less than that. So there was a, a couple of weeks where you got that big production, but for the most part, it was very ho-hum, mixtured with uh, some injuries here and there, and then obviously the uh, season ender. So Jonathan Taylor, very similar feel to what Chris McCaffrey put out last season uh, when he was the 101, if not the 102. And then Jonathan Taylor had the huge year, and Chris McCaffrey obviously battled with the injury. So very similar feel to that as it was this year. And then uh, mine, mine was one that comes with a lot of frustration because uh, I was really high on this guy uh, come our offseason. And I talked about him at one of my hot takes that he would be the QB number one on the season. And uh, maybe I was talking about the one that was goes in front of the secondary number because he was 14. So maybe that's the one I was thinking about. Especially QB 14 on the season. Well, not quite finished, but I can't imagine the number skyrocket to a single digit QB season number. But uh, Justin Herbert, the quarterback from the Los Angeles Chargers, he was drafted as either the QB number two or QB number three off the board. Josh Allen was number one. Then it was either him or Mahomes was kind of going in that two, three spot. Um, and Mahomes, obviously there were some question marks around him that he was able to prove otherwise, but Justin Herbert coming off a huge season last year. And like I mentioned, he is currently QB number four and I thought he'd be QB one on the year. He did not even have a QB one week throughout the entire season. There's a couple where he was close. Uh, he had a three and then a five, 
Uh, had some good finishes though, uh, especially early. He had like the 20, uh, then he had a 21, then he had a down week, then he had another 20, somewhere in those range. And then in week 12, he had another 21, and that was his highest finish. I think he was QB number three on the season or on the on the week, sorry. But Justin Herbert's been very disappointing. Uh, obviously, some of his major weapons have been hurt uh, throughout the year, which is obviously going to come to that too. But a lot of the uh, production lately has been coming on the ground. Austin Eckler scoring more on the ground than he has throughout the air. So obviously, that's going to vulture some points from Herbert. But if you put him in your starting lineup, which was a great matchup, Indianapolis Colts is not uh it's not a scary matchup for the quarterback or the wide receivers you uh you were sadly disappointed because he put depending on your scoring performances or scoring platform sorry uh in our one league he put up one point 1.2 points so uh, that's that's uh that's as close to literally goosing you in your semifinal matchups as you can get so all three of these names are guys that we had high expectations for. And all three names are guys that came off a spectacular season last year, obviously compiling into their ADP. Jonathan Taylor finished as the number one player on the season. Najee Harris, I think he finished as RB3 last year, if not somewhere in that close range. And then Justin Herbert finished as QB number two. Uh, so that's, uh, you know, that's some big boots to fill and they could not get it done this year. So big the big box under the christmas tree doesn't necessarily mean it's the uh it's the best gift you're going to get this year and and their fantasy production so far this year is definitely per, uh showing i guess a little bit more in that direction anything you're to add here zach before we move into insiders and headliners uh yeah just like what you mentioned about herbert there uh it's really unfortunate and that uh that offense as a whole hasn't had many games or opportunities to to play uh, together entirely healthy and uh but with that said though I, I would suspect they're a team that if they make the playoffs they're going to be one that not many teams are too excited to play yeah I totally totally agree with you um he, that's another one we're going to talk about here a little bit uh in the next section here but we'll get insiders and headliners going and then we'll we'll talk a little bit about um the, the Los Angeles Chargers as well I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. I'm Ron Burgundy. So I think the one we need to talk about first, uh, not only because it's going to impact your fantasy lineups in the championship week, but I think there's a lot of concern for this player, not only as a football player, but as a human being. And that's Tua Tungvaluwa. Um, he has had a spectacular season, uh, obviously riding the roller coaster of the ups and downs of his physical and mental capabilities uh, to do with obviously the concussions. Uh, he's battled these health issues not only once, not twice, but this is now the third time he's been placed in concussion protocol just this season alone. And uh, a lot of people are watching that game and he didn't get taken out, but it was like, what the hell happened to him? He had a spectacular first half and then the second half, it could, he couldn't have been worse. And some people were like, well, maybe like, you know, what was going on? What was going on? And then in Twitter, they started circulating the big hit where he smashed the back of his head on the ground again. And you know, a lot of people are speculating, but there's a possibility of where that the concussion would have came from that instance. And uh, this is getting scary for Tua. And, and, you know, we can talk about how this can impact fantasy when we talk about Waddle and Hill and, and, you know, that's, there's obviously going to be a downgrade for those two players come championship week, but I'm more focused on, you know, the concerns for, for Tua. Um, Obviously, the new concussion protocols, it is extremely unlikely that Tua will play this week against the New England Patriots. But uh, what do you think Miami or, you know, Tua's agent 
are going to do about this because for obviously Zach you and I are football coaches that this was this wouldn't fly for us on our roster but NFL is a little bit different but uh, what's your take here with Tua as he as he progresses through his protocol number three that's completely bewildering um like they're they're supposed to be independent spotters uh observing every game and and to see it happen not once but twice to Tua where um it's seemingly clear that he he took a very big shot and that something may be up and then he not only finishes the the half but he finishes the game and then only after the game is it uh revealed that he's dealing with a concussion so it is it is curious that it keeps happening to him uh and like you mentioned uh i think it does put in his his future and the rest of his career possibly in question um at what point do you put you know the next 50, 60 years of your life ahead of the next 10 years of your career. So um, probably not an easy decision for him or for his family to make, let alone the uh, Miami Dolphins. Yeah. And, and you could talk about it from a football side, you know, a team that's on the precipice of making playoffs, a team that's been a lot of fun to watch, but I think you made the best, best comment there, Zach, like you're, there's more to life than football. And it's easy for us to say this as outsiders sitting in here, people that obviously really enjoy football, enjoy playing football. We enjoy coaching football and obviously we enjoy fantasy football. So we're big time fantasy or big time football enthusiasts here. But when you're the person and you've been you know, practicing and training and playing your entire life to be able to say, my, you know, do I want to be able to have kids and grandkids and live a fulfilled life after? Or do I just want to keep doing this thing that I've been doing for my entire life? And that's a hard thing to decide. And, and we've seen the first, I think the first big one where it was really like, this it was really eye-opening was obviously Andrew Luck, where he just walked away from the game and it was like, well, holy crap, like Andrew Luck's walking away. And he made those comments that the rest of my life is more important than football. And I think you hit the nail on the head there, Zach, that that's going to be a tough decision for him and his family to make because is the rest of your life more important than football? And as us outsiders, coming in it's easy easy for us to say but you know until you're put into that position I still play senior lacrosse with two bad knees and it's just like I just keep going it's just because I love it and that's just like borderline rec sport at that point but if I was playing professional sport it'd be hard to walk away uh, especially when you're capable of doing it but it's uh, you know there's more more to life than football that's for sure um the next one here this this is going to be a conundrum and i put in here jordan's conundrum but this is going to be a conundrum for i think a lot of fantasy managers out there and that's the derrick henry i think they're calling it a hip issue um he did not practice uh, and they played the thursday nighter so add adding to this that derrick henry has a lingering injury a short week in a thursday night matchup against the dallas cowboys which is not a great matchup this week literally means nothing to Tennessee Titans. This one, I don't know if you're aware of this, Zach, but they could win or they could lose. And that all that matters is week 18 versus the Jaguars. Both teams can win this week 17. Both teams can lose this week 17. And it doesn't matter because whoever wins week 18 between Tennessee and Jacksonville is going to win the division, which sounds super funny to say out loud, but it's true. So now as we're talking about that, as the Tennessee Titans, would you not want to give Derrick Henry rest if he's battling with his hip injury and then have him going balls to the wall against Jacksonville in a matchup that you need him to win your fan or that you win the division, make the playoffs. So that being said, hopefully they make a decision. They just outright sit him. 
But if they don't sit him, how do you sit Derrick Henry? Like you got to like, like, let's talk about some names. Obviously the smart play would be to sit him with all these things lingering. But then if Derrick Henry's on your bench and he puts up 30 and you lose your championship week, like you may never play fantasy football again. That's a tough one to bounce back. <laughs> so, so like, what would be some names that you would like, where you would tip the line, where you'd be willing to try and milk Derrick Henry for some points. So let me just get this straight. So what are the names of the players that uh, I would be willing to take that risk on? So, right? okay, so Joe Mixon, would you rather play Joe Mixon in the Monday nighter or try and play Derrick Henry in a tough matchup? Well, if I, if I have that luxury, I, I would just take Joe Mixon feeling pretty good that he's going to play the full game, right? Yeah. What about um, like Andre Stevenson versus who do they? Oh, they've got uh, Miami this week. They got Miami. Two weeks ago, I would have said, you got to go or Mondre, but <laughs> this week, and that was a tough one for him. Um, I think, like, again, though, like, Ramondre has shown that he's quite capable, so you probably roll the dice on Ramondre, too. Um, this this question kind of got me thinking. Um, on Twitter, I think it was yesterday, uh, a pretty common uh, sentiment that I saw across uh gambling twitter was i think FanDuel or DraftKings had a contest and uh devin booker only played like four minutes i think after he said he was he was good to go to the media and on social media he said yeah i'm, I'm good to go uh ended up only playing four minutes and got taken out after that and didn't go back in um so there, there could be a situation like that too with with henry where maybe he is good to go pre-game and tests everything out but then one early hit and then he he's out like yeah, maybe Keenan not allen injured that, out but keenan allen did that to guys and was it semifinals three years ago two years ago where he's coming off injuries like yeah play me i'm ready to go he's out warm us ripping around and he played one snap and that was that like you don't want that's a tough and it's thursday night or like tilt thursday is a real thing where you can like there's some big names like i'm starting dak and starting cd in that matchup so it could be like, I could be behind the eight ball big time, or I could be laughing. So how much risk do you want to put in there? Like I have the luxury of starting Joe Mixon instead, which that's a luxury that a lot of people don't have. Like if you looked at like Raheem Mostert for Miami versus New England or Derrick Henry, like that's a tough decision there, but that's a realistic decision that a lot of people might have to make. Yeah. I don't think many people have the the type of roster that you've accumulated in that dynasty. Um, like most people, they're playing a redraft. They're looking at, yeah, like some kind of waiver wire fodder or some yeah, running back of, three or four. Night, you know, or maybe if you're lucky to Cam Akers, that's an easy one after the big week here. But um, some like James Cook yeah. off the waiver wire. Yeah. yeah Michael it's, Carter. It's going to be because, you know, Derrick Henry's been pretty good this year. So there's going to be a lot of teams that are possible, especially after having a huge semifinal week there that uh, there'll be a lot of teams that are in the finals with him on the roster. And that's just, it's unfortunate, but that's, you know, that's fantasy football is whether he gets hurt in week one or he gets hurt in week 16, it just hurts more when it's in week 16, you know, um, Broncos, this, I'll go through this, the rest of this kind of quick. There's one, actually, I want to get your opinion on uh, the Broncos fire Nathaniel Hackett head coach. That one was uh, the writing was on the wall. I am just, it was going to be, it was going to happen whether it was now or whether it was at the end of the season. Uh, same thing, it was, writing was on the wall, Zach Wilson benched, had the opportunity against the Lions, looked not bad, then had the opportunity against the Jaguars again and looked terrible. 
Uh, he's been benched and he will be a healthy scratch this upcoming week. So he is like toast done. Uh, Christian Watson exited this last week with a hip injury, was ruled out early in the middle of the game there. Something to monitor throughout the rest of the week as he has a really juicy matchup this upcoming week. Carson Wentz is named the starting quarterback uh, over Taylor Heineke. That one's just like mediocrity at its finest. And then Hunter Henry with the knee injury. But the one I want to get your opinion on here, Jalen Hurts, uh, you know, the if Minnesota lost, they would have clinched the first overall and the bye, but they lost to Dallas and then Minnesota won. So now Minnesota can still clinch that first round bye. So there's talks that Jalen Hurts could play. And I know you've got maybe a little bit of talk about this. Do you want to save it for your starts of the week or do you want to touch on a little bit now? Uh, we can talk a little bit now and then. Um, like this is this is really difficult for, for us fantasy managers unless uh, game day they come out and they say outright one way or the other. Um, it, it, it's tough because you can you can hope that they play Hurts and you can have Hurts in your lineup and then inactives come out and you're stuck with a inactive quarterback or you could start Minshew and then game starts and, and hurts his QB one there. So that's a, it's a tough one to monitor, but um, I think regardless of who does start, I, as a manager of Minshew and of Hertz, I feel a lot more confident hearing this, um, having started Minshew and having won that matchup uh, in the semis. But now hearing the possibility of, of Hertz coming back, that is, that is exciting to hear. I think for, for most managers, even though Minshew played so well, and the, the other thing about Hurts too, like he could play a you know above average first half. They could come out to a twenty-one nothing lead, and they could put him on the shelf against a really bad New Orleans Saints team too. So the the upside that Hurts has brought throughout the season might not be there. You know, he might get enough just to get the job done, and and then they'll shelf him. So then you could be stuck in a situation where you're looking for that upside, and you get eleven points or twelve points from Hurts, and that's all you get. Where there's a lot of other quarterbacks that you could play that have that upside, but it almost be better for fantasy managers. I personally think if they don't play Hertz because you get a better opportunity to get points for Minshew or somebody else, but I would have a hard time sitting Hertz if he's starting, you know, but there's the upside isn't there like it has been in the start of the season. So that's going to be a tough one for fantasy managers. And I wanted to maybe get you to touch on that, but I know you'll talk about a little bit more here in the, uh, in the next segment too. So um, that'll do it for insiders and headliners. Before we progress into the weekly recap, it is boxing week and you get some good deals out there. Uh, I know my wife and I did a little bit of online shopping. It was, it's been, it's been awesome. Get the stuff that we wanted to get during Christmas. If we didn't get it, you just go get it during boxing day. It's been, uh, it's been fun. Uh, and if you did not get your 22 fresh under the Christmas tree, uh, no sweat to get online there and get some boxing day deals. And with the 306 FFB 15 promo code, you can tack on an additional little 15% off there. Um, so obviously our partnership with 22 fresh throughout the 2022 NFL season has been helping you folks at home, getting 15% off your favorite merchandise. You know, Zach's wearing his hat today uh, and some fantasy managers in our, uh, in our charity league are going to be walking away with some 22 fresh gear as well, too. So, uh, just, you know, take our word for it, get down to either store locations or online and utilize the promo code 306 FFB 15 to get 15% off your next purchase. Studs of the week uh, for the semifinals week number 16. I'll do Armin's here, as you kind of mentioned a little bit there, Zach, already Cam Akers 
uh, really had a big boom week. And we talked about Armin, which was not in any sort of major fantasy uh, weeks other than just playing for an additional first round pick. But uh, Armin, a big fan of doing the DFSs as well and had Cam Akers in his DFS lineup and uh, won him quite a bit of money here uh, in his DFS lineup. So Cam Akers having a Christmas, a legitimate Christmas miracle for a lot of uh, fantasy managers out there. So Cam Akers is Armin's stud of the week. Uh, Zach, this one, uh, this one burnt me in my big match up there, but uh, I'll let you talk about him. <laughs> Just reading here what Armin wrote got me chuckling. Um, uh, <laughs> Yeah, Devontae Smith, that was uh that was dynamite. Um this was this was a concern of mine. Um relying on Smith with Hertz out, not knowing all too much what to expect from Minshew, um, especially with Minshew miss, missing a, a practice last week, but I was pleasantly, pleasantly surprised with Devontae Smith uh going for eight for twelve. 113 yards and two touchdowns good for 27.3 half point PPR points. Um, this is certainly a player that has really risen uh, into the, the, the ranks of the, the better young receivers. Um, I think at the start of the year, a lot of people, myself included would have said that uh, Jalen Waddle was, was the better of the two, but now, um, over the past month or so, it's it's really coming into focus that maybe there isn't a clear-cut answer, well, which one's better. Uh, maybe the answer is they're both really good in their own right. So um, exciting times for the young receiver. Especially with that, so you talk about that Minshew, like the connection Smith had with Minshew almost surpassed the connection that Hertz had because Hertz spreads the ball around a little bit more, but Minshew was pretty dialed in with Smith. So for Smith owners, Smith, Smith, sorry, try that again. With Devonta Smith managers out there, they're almost hoping that Minshew is going to be starting quarterback because that connection was pretty sweet. I was watching that one during Christmas and or Christmas Eve. Sorry, it was just like another pass, another Smith reception, another Smith target, another Smith target, another touchdown for Smith. It was just mind-boggling, like frustrating for me that no longer has Smith shares and was playing against him. But uh, that connection was pretty sweet. So hopefully, it's some for if you own him in your leagues and you're playing the championship matchups, hopefully you can continue to rely on him put up some big numbers because he's uh, he's been stepping up I was actually looking at his numbers and he started off uh with that zero against the Lions and everybody's thinking like what the what the heck's going on here and then 11 against the Vikings then he had a couple big weeks with some with some mediocre weeks but it's been pedal to the metal here since week 13 he's got 19 points 15 points 15 points and 27 points so he's been uh been stepping it up here down the stretch which is all you can ask for for uh, your fantasy playoffs um, my stud of the week isn't necessarily the biggest producer of the week. I think he finished as, let me check the number 15 player on the week. Uh, sorry, number 19 on the week. So it's not necessarily the biggest producer, but it is still a great week. And I wanted to highlight James Connor, 21.5 points, 15 carries, 79 yards, a touchdown. And that touchdown run was really nice. And then had eight targets, seven receptions for 41 yards and no touchdowns. So in, if you watch that game, that line would surprise you because it was painful watching that Arizona versus Tampa Bay game. And James Conner just carried the load. And he's been the workhorse for that team all season. He had a rocky start, but he's been so consistent down the stretch here. And he's just been like 
putting up numbers. That's and like I mentioned with Devonta Smith, that's all you can ask for is just putting up these numbers. And here, here is uh here's James Connor's stat lines the last since week 12. So week 13 by, but week 12, you put 20 points. Even going back to week 10, how about that? 22 points and then 11 points, which is like kind of ho-hum, whatever. But then you put up 20 points by week, 20 points, 17 points, and then this past week, 21.5 points. Like he's just been so consistent on a team that is just no good. They've mailed it in. Their season's been over for a while, and they're just trying to get out, get out of the year. And James Conner is just carrying the load. So if you had him, it was a rocky start for you uh, in the beginning there, but he's been paying off in a big way. Uh, so I've been very, very happy with James Conner's performance the last couple of weeks. And even though he was only the uh, R, not what was he, the RB6, RB5, uh, regardless, he was the overall 19th finisher on the week as a fantasy producer. I think he was RB4 or 5. Um, it is still a great week for a team that is that bad. Like if you watch the game, there's no way you would think that somebody got 21 points other than Leonard Fournette getting 18 targets or whatever stupid he got from, from Tom Brady. So my, my uh, set of the week is going to go to James Conner. Uh, now transitioning to the not so great Armin talked about Mark Anders. He's been finding himself in this section, unfortunately, a lot more than he's found himself in the set above, but Mark Anders for a lot of the similar reasons we talked about him the last couple of weeks, um, the quarterback carousel just has not been helping him out in any sort of fashion. But uh, who do you got here for this one, Zach? So I said Aaron Jones. Um, it, it seems that over the last couple of weeks, he's been playing maybe a little hurt, a little injured, um, but then went out a little bit in this game, uh, got stuck behind AJ, AJ Dillon, uh, and he put up a very – very, very poor, uh, 4.4 fantasy points, uh, six attempts for 25 yards and two for two for nine yards through the air. So this is a guy that maybe hasn't been quite as good on the year as he has been, but he's certainly somebody that if you were playing in the semis you and you had him, you likely played him. So this is that kind of game that may have cost a few, a few managers games, uh, very similar to the player that you're going to mention, similar to maybe DeAndre Hopkins, Ramondre Stevenson, uh, Stephon Diggs, all guys that could have found themselves in, in this same spot here as duds on the week, guys that certainly would have cost their managers some uh, some championships, I think, some trips to the championship, I think. Yeah, this – and, like, you kind of segue into mine there, Zach. Mine has been doing the opposite of the guys we previously mentioned where you're 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 turning it on and you're getting hot at the right time those couple of weeks leading up to playoffs and you just get comfortable putting in their lineup and they just keep producing. And Devontae Adams has done the exact opposite of that. Um, week 12 or so was kind of where things started kind of – well, I shouldn't say that. Week 8, he had a terrible week. Uh, that was, I think, the week he ended up pushing the, the – uh, the cameraman or whatever but then he came back with a 32 point week 23 30 10 33 awesome then week 14 is your last week before the fantasy playoffs and he gets 8.6 okay it's not bad didn't sink you but it's not it's not great either then for week one of playoffs week 15 he has 4.8 points against the patriots okay not great if you survive that hopefully you got yourself in the semifinals and you can shake it off and then against the Steelers, he gets you 2.5 points. 
two receptions on nine targets. That's back-to-back weeks with nine targets and minimal receptions, which is just incredibly frustrating. And then 15 yards to boot this past week. So 2.5 points from Devontae Adams is just not going to get it done. And I, I'm stupidly going to just put him right back in my lineup against the 49ers. I'm trying to find a way not to do it, but it's one of those ones where it's a big name and how do you sit him? Like I have guys like Terry McLaurin. Maybe if it was Taylor Heineke, I could be convinced. But now with Carson Wentz, that connection that we saw at the start of the year just wasn't there. Deontay Johnson, eh, not the ideal situation. You know, like I'm I'm having a hard time trying to figure out how to get him out of my lineup. But looking at the last three weeks, the proofs the the proofs in the pudding. Other than the fact he's got what is it, 26, 26 targets in the last three weeks. Like, what more could you ask for other than 8.6, 4.8, and 2.5? Uh, so it is a bit of a conundrum. Um, hopefully, you got lucky having him in your lineup and you made it into your fantasy playoffs or into your fantasy championship, sorry. But um, this is one that is going to hurt if you put him in your lineup for a fourth straight week and he puts up yet another dud. Yeah, anyways, we'll continue on here into our weekly preview and uh, we're into the week 17 weekly preview. And this is where the toughs, like we mentioned, some tough ones already with some big names. Uh, and we got some big discussions to have here and some uh, big recommendations. Last week, I had a couple of guys actually text me, hey, who's that Richie James that you recommended? Like, where's that come from? It's <laughs> like, just trust me, guys. Just trust me. Richie James is going to have a good week. And they're like, well, who does he even play for? I was like, well, he plays for the Giants. So, like, that's how that's how gutsy we got last week. And I'll be honest, I was pretty nervous recommending that one. And, and it paid off in a big way. So, we got some big recommendations here uh, for a big week. You know, this is the literally the last week of fantasy football. Uh, and this is the whole reason we play is to win the championship. So, week 17, Armin's full stream ahead. This one is as gutsy as you could possibly get because <laughs> – if you just watch them play the Rams, there's no way for me, there's no way I could put this guy in your matchup. So I hope you're not streaming uh, because if you're streaming the last week of the fantasy season, that sucks. I'm sorry that you could not find a quarterback throughout the last 16 weeks. But Armin is saying, you know, I'm going to trust the process. Russell Wilson's best week and a huge week he had was against the Kansas City Chiefs. And he is going to be playing them again this upcoming week. He is currently 53% available in Yahoo leagues. And I can only imagine that number is going to be going up once waivers clear tonight. Uh, obviously, this is, uh, episode is dropped on Wednesday. Waivers clear uh, over the evening. I can imagine he's going to be available on a lot more rosters than he currently is right now. But if you really want to roll the dice for the upside that he had against uh, KC, uh, the matchups there again, then you can plug and play them. But uh, that's, a, that's a tough recommendation right there. Um, going into starts to sits, this one could also categorize, I guess, under the stream of the week. Um, uh, maybe you want to talk about yours there, Zach. Yeah. So we, uh, we mentioned this earlier and, uh, somebody that I am going to likely start this week, unless news changes is, is uh, Gardner Minshew, uh, against the New Orleans saints, uh, New Orleans boasts a middle of the pack. Uh, pass defense, um, which is good news for Gardner, not going against a premier defense. But uh, I think really here, it's it's not so much what Gardner can do 
for you, it's what you can do for Gardner in the sense that uh, Smith, Brown, Goddard, all the pass catchers in, in Philly are coming back into full health. And Minshew can move the ball with uh, a full stable of weapons. And that's something that I am looking to uh, hopefully win me some money this week in the uh, championship round. It was nice that you've seen it now. Like there are so many people who are like, can you trust Gardner Minshew in your semifinal matchup? And the answer is yes. Like he looked really good. Um, I think for obviously a lot of the reasons you mentioned, Zach, um, you can put him in your lineup and you can see a lot of success, especially that Dallas matchup's a tough one. Like that is not an easy matchup. And he looked like a veteran. Um, it's, it's funny. You see lots of times down the stretch where these secondary backup or whatever quarterbacks come in in late in the season, whether it be for benchings or injuries or whatever, and they play well, and then they play themselves into a possible starting quarterback position on another team the upcoming year. Uh, most recently was, uh, oh, he played for Vegas last year. And, uh, oh, my goodness. He's with Atlanta. Name is escaping me. Mariota. Mar- uh, Mariota, right? Um, he came in and late the season when Derek Carr was kind of banged up there the, during that little stretch. He also had his own little packages where he scrambled a little bit and then found himself to be a starting quarterback on a, on an NFL team. I imagine if Minshew produces again in another matchup where they need to win, uh, then Minshew might find himself in a starting quarterback position next season as well. Uh, Armin is recommending Travis Etienne. Uh, a couple of down weeks from ETN here, but this Houston matchup is really, really juicy. Uh, we've seen nothing but RBs produce against Houston. They're one of the worst run defenses in the NFL. Um, but Houston has been putting up a pretty good fight the last couple of weeks, uh, obviously giving two really big scares to two big teams and then actually beating uh, another good football team this past week. So Houston is looking a little bit better. They're still not great against the run. So hoping that Jacksonville will be able to capitalize this and ETN will have a bounce back week in your championship matchups. Uh, my recommendation is kind of one of those ones where it's like, if this happens, then go here. If this doesn't happen, then stay here kind of thing. Um, and I'm targeting that Minnesota matchup. Once again, they are one of I think they are actually the worst. If they're not the worst, they're the second worst. I think they're tied now. But the worst secondary in the NFL and give up the most fantasy points to wide receivers uh, in the NFL and in fantasy football. So I'm going to be targeting Christian Watson or Romeo Dubs. So most more than likely, Christian Watson is going to be missing time with the hip injury. Romeo Dobbs has just returned from his own injuries and kind of got sprinkled in a little bit last week with uh, Christian Watson exiting with that said hip injury. But this matchup is super juicy and the Green Bay Packers need to win. If they lose, they are eliminated from the playoffs. So they are going to do everything they can to try and win and try and stay in contention. So if Christian Watson is available, I would be looking to put him in my lineup, no problem, even after a down week and an early exit. I do think he does not play. And if he does not play, my recommendation is going to be Romeo Dobbs. Uh, He had a lot of hype around him early in the season. He looked to be the wide receiver to step into that role of the two rookies. Then he got injured and Watson was able to overcome his own uh, issues there with um, you know, the drops and what have you early in the year, and then have those explosive weeks in the middle of the fantasy season. So I would be looking to play those players in my fantasy lineups, no problem uh, in a very juicy matchup. If I could sit here and recommend a guy that people have never even heard of <laughs> for the New York Giants 
uh, in a passing, not so passing offense, then I can sit here and recommend uh, two pretty talented wide receivers for a team that needs to continue to win to make the playoffs. So uh, going into the players that um, you're not going to want to play when we've talked about uh, quite a few guys here the last little bit, but uh, Zach, let's, uh, let's start yours. So this is somebody that uh, I don't know if you've been starting him. If you have been starting him the past couple of weeks and you're still uh, playing in the playoffs, that is credit to you because the last couple of weeks, DeAndre Hopkins has been hot garbage. Uh, and this isn't entirely his fault. Um, coming out of the bye week, he's had three very poor weeks, week 14, 15, and 16. But that coincides with the injury to, uh, oh, shoot, uh, quarterback two in Kyler Arizona. And then, uh, oh, my goodness. I can see McSorley, but he's the one that's starting now. Yeah, now it's Trace McSorley, but. Uh, I'll find it. Just bear with me. Just continue. I'll, I'll interrupt once I find it. Yeah, so. This this coincides with the with the injuries to the quarterback, and now he's playing with the the third string quarterback in Arizona, and Colt he's McCoy. still getting the Colt McCoy. Thank you very much. Uh, how could we forget Colt McCoy? <laughs> um, this yeah, this it's not uh, it's it's not his fault. He's he's still getting eleven to ten targets a game, but it's just it's not the type of targets that he was getting with Murray, and that uh, really showed this week where. He did have 10 targets, but only one reception for four yards. And that's certainly not the type of uh, performance that we can expect to have in a winning lineup come this weekend, uh, regardless of how we feel about the Falcons pass defense. So if you have the opportunity to sit Hopkins, uh, I would certainly look that way. This might be a hot take, but I would rather start Greg Dorch, same offense than Hopkins. Just if, just by watching that game against Tampa Bay, he gets the ball in his hand so much. And what did Dorch get? I, I don't have it on the top of my head here. But I think he got like 12 targets or 13 targets in that game. Like, that's absurd. And, I mean, if you're in any sort of a PPR match, like, it's a safe floor. It's a sketchy floor. But, like, I would not, I don't want to start either of them. Like, let's get let's get the first thing there. But uh, if I had to pick one or the other, I'd be picking the guy that's close to the line of scrimmage and just getting pepper targets. Um, but I, I'm with you on that one, Zach. Put the name away. Like, put the name away and just look at the numbers of production the last three weeks and just – it's it's the same thing as Devontae Adams. Both are superstar wide receivers, but it's just they're not getting it done. It's, it's, it's frustrating. It's frustrating, but when you just look at the numbers, it makes things a little bit easier, and that's what you have to do with DeAndre Hopkins. Um, Armand is sitting – this one is spicy, and he puts – Carolina Reaper spicy. This one is hot. He wants to sit Josh Jacobs in your fantasy championships. And this one is this one is tough because he has carried your team. If you're in the fantasy finals, he has carried your team throughout the entire year and finally has a bad week this past week. And now Armin is wanting to sit him against a difficult San Francisco matchup. Now, I don't know if I'd go as far to say as to sit him, or just expect a downgrade in performance. But the Vegas offense does not look good. And obviously Josh Jacobs being a part of that offense is a uh, product or is, a, you know, is a part of the product, I guess. 
if if Jacobs does well, the offense moves. If Jacobs doesn't do well, the offense doesn't move. So uh, this is going to be a tough matchup for Josh Jacobs. And if you're Josh Jacobs' manager, uh, if you have other options, Armin is definitely recommending those other options. If you don't have other options, I think you have to expect a bit of a, a downgrade against a very, very good uh, defense. Uh, but I'm going to stay in the same game. And I'm going to sit Hunter Renfro. Uh, I know he had, on paper, a pretty good week. If you're looking at just fantasy numbers or box scores, I suppose. But uh, all things considered, we have Renfro back. We also have Waller back. And then you have Devontae Adams in that offense. Now, this matchup is a difficult one against the San Francisco 49ers. But on the, you know, the the box score, 12.2 12, 12 points from Renfro is not bad. But to remind you, the previous week against the Patriots, he put up 1.9. He missed about six weeks or five weeks due to injury. Last week, it's seven targets, four receptions, 42 yards, and one touchdown. Take away that one touchdown, we're not even having a conversation here at 6.2 points. Um, I'm expecting you know, a, a difficult matchup. Obviously, Armin has highlighted that as well against the 49ers. And just Renfro, he is, you know, we've seen in the past a PPR guy and a guy that you can rely on in PPR, just not this season. Last season, it was awesome. Now the addition of Devontae Adams, um, we've kind of seen Renfro put in the back. 12.2 fantasy points is the best week that Hunter Renfro has had this NFL season. 1.6, 5.4, missed two weeks. 4.5, bye week. 7, 1, 4, missed six weeks. 1.9. 12.2 is the best he's had. And in a difficult matchup, I just don't see Hunter Renfro getting it done. So I know if you're box score chasing, that might be a name that you're very interested in. I just cannot get behind it, cannot recommend it in this difficult matchup here. Um, any other names maybe you want to mention here, Zach, uh, before we move into Wellesley's wagers? It's it's funny to think about uh, Renfro, who you just mentioned. Um, last year at this time, he was a, a fantasy darling. He was getting a lot of love as a as a dynasty receiver to uh, to value as a wide receiver too, a top twenty four dynasty wide receiver, and and now it's He's he's the bottom of a lot of rosters, dynasty or redraft, if he is rostered at all. Yeah, exactly. um, of course, the injuries haven't helped, but uh, that passing game in in, in Las Vegas uh, seems to have almost left him behind in a few senses. We were pretty excited with about the passing option, not just Renfro alone, but Waller, uh, Adams, even uh, Jacobs was kind of, a forgotten piece but the passing options we were super excited about because of the division the division was supposed to be so good obviously kc was going to be unreal vegas we were uh, sort of the Chargers were expecting this next level herbert and then denver we were expecting you know this next cooper cup you know cooper cup and matthew stafford kind of combination in denver with the new quarterback and elite wide receiver options and we say we know what happened with denver it's been terrible uh, herbert has taken a step backwards and so has that chargers offense and then, you know, we expected Raiders have to keep up. And in a lot of these matchups, they haven't had to keep up. So they haven't had to throw the ball as much. And Derek Carr has taken a bit of a step back as well, too, this season. So it's been very, very disappointing for, for all passing options. There's, you know, a handful of games where, where Adams had elite performances, like we see with Rodgers and with, uh, with Green Bay. But he's been incredibly inconsistent. He'd go 30, 22, 26, 19, 4. It's like, well, you never know what you're going to expect with him. And it used to be just a high floor with this a really awesome ceiling. And just it hasn't been that this year. But um, 
wrapping up the episodes here, Wellesley's Wagers, uh, with the Christmas season here, just, you know, things are a little bit busy and some of the odds are not out yet. So those will be coming out here on the uh, on the social medias here. Another good performance on Thursday nighter, two, uh, two wins, one loss. Sunday, he had one win and then a tough loss. Derrick Henry, two multiple touchdowns. Uh, he got one of them and then the Lions heartbreak loss there. So um, he ended up with three and three on the week again. Like I mentioned, those will be coming out here on the uh, – on the uh on the social medias here so um anything to mention i guess i'll maybe talk about the charity league there zach and then if you have any two cents to wrap it in here at the end of the episode but uh unfortunately we did take the loss here this last week uh we came up against the juggernaut we talked about you know hawks's team here and the way he drafted at the start of the year and it was either going to sink or swim and he is definitely swimming and swam all the way to the fantasy finals and he is going to be playing Zach Hayes. And just for those of you at home that are unfamiliar with this, Zach was actually Hawks' billet when he played for the Raiders here in Prince Albert. So there's a little bit of bragging rights on the line for this one, not only for the signed memorabilia, uh, but also for the bragging rights between the two. And I know they mentioned in our group chat that they are both playing each other in two different finals. They're playing each other in the Charity League finals, and then the league that Zach commissions, uh, they're playing each other in that final as well, too. So I imagine they've got awfully similar similar rosters if they're playing each other in the finals of two different leagues. So congratulations to both of them to making the finals. Best of luck to the both of them. Uh, ourselves will be playing in the bronze matchup for the bronze prize against Tim Stewart. So uh, we'll be we'll be giving it our all and hoping for the best in that one, too. But uh, anything for you, Zach, before we wrap this one up? No, just uh, it's, it's been a great season, and uh, let's just uh, uh, finish strong on a high note and get that third place prize, whatever that may be. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I mentioned at the end of last episode about uh, you know it's the Christmas season. Obviously, we're progressing into the New Year's Eve season, and everybody's going out and having fun, uh, or you know maybe you're celebrating the day after on New Year's Day, celebrating a big fantasy championship, whatever it may have you. So if you're out celebrating this holiday season, make sure you're going to be getting a safe ride home and getting home safely. Uh, it's that time of year, and everybody's going to be out having a few extra pops more than usual. So making sure that you are getting home safe, um, et cetera, et cetera. I know we mentioned that last episode, but just going to reiterate that one here as well too. So. Just kind of give him the same thing Zach can mention. Good luck this week, you guys. This is the reason we play fantasy football and, and hope for the best and hope we can get you guys a 306 fantasy football championship uh, this set, this week 17 uh, finale. So I'll be there cheering with you. Zach will be there cheering with you. We'll be riding that roller coaster as well too. So good luck, everybody. Uh, take care and let's talk soon.